Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. And on the show today, we have Christian Coleman, who it was announced this morning facing a, a suspension from the Athletics Integrity Unit. Christian, thank you for joining us. You detailed on Twitter last night the circumstances of that third whereabouts failure on December the 9th. I wanted just to start there and move forward. Can you tell me what the mm -hmm. process has been for you over those past six months from, from December 9th to where we are now? Uh, so basically, we've just been sending emails back and forth with what I assume is the AIU's lawyer or representative or whoever. So December 10th, they sent me a notification in the morning. I got the email while I was eating breakfast and I was like just totally caught off guard. Um, I called my agent and I, that's when I wanted to get on Twitter and just let people know that like, you know, what's going on? Like, what is this? Um, you know, I'm available for testing like every day uh, at all times. Um, and I was just, I was just confused, man. It was disheartening because I knew that that would be like the third time and that would, it would just be something, you know, huge. And so um, my agent was like, you know, we'll go through the proper protocols, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, send back a letter to them, let them know the, the situation. And, you know, that's what we were doing. You have a chance to, to uh, dispute it. And um, so the past six months, uh, you know, we just been like letting them know all the information that they requested. Um, then they would send me back an email like a month later and then ask me for like receipts from Chipotle. And then we'll send it to them. And then like two months later, they'll send me back an email like requesting something that I bought at Walmart and requesting like my bank receipts and requesting my car that I purchased it with, asking me like, did I have like um, video footage of me coming in and out of my apartment? I'm like, it's just an apartment. Like I don't live at a bank or something like that. Like we don't have like an official record. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were just going back and forth with them, like sending them all the information we could. And so my thinking was, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe they're getting all this information so that they know that like, I wasn't trying to avoid anything. Like I was in the city. If you had called me, I could have taken the test and moved on about my night. And so that's what I'm thinking that like, they're getting all this information so that they can like drop this and move forward. Like I've been tested like five, six, seven times since then. So it's like, um, that was my thinking. And then last week they sent us back the final email was like, um, they had enough information for them to go ahead and, and count it as a mistest. And that's when I was like, you know, I put together what I wanted to put together in terms of letting the public know what the situation was. And um, that's just kind of like, you know, how it's been. It's definitely been a stressful situation. Like the past six months hanging this over my head, um, we'll respond. And then I'm going to practice thinking about this every day. Um, and then like, they will not respond until like two months later and they send me something and request like some petty information. Um, it's been a, it's been a crazy process. And it's one of those situations where like, I don't think any other sports league has any, has to deal with anything like this. I feel like the NFL has Roger Goodell and like when a situation happens, he'll talk to the athlete. He'll talk to like, let's say somebody gets arrested. He'll talk to the athlete, talk to, you know, whoever he needs to make a decision and move forward. Like the same thing with Adam Silver in the NBA. And it's like, I don't even know who I'm talking to or like what the process is or like what's going on. I'm just in the wind. And then like they put out information and like just throw me out to the wolves. So that it's disheartening, man. And it, it takes it takes a lot of joy out of the sport for me. 
like I said in the letter, like I'm somebody who has been running track since I was four years old. So why wouldn't I want the sport to be as clean, as big, as popular as possible? Um, and it's taking a lot of joy out of it for me, man. It, it's disheartening. And so the past six months has been tough, um, but we've just been going back and forth with them. And they came back last week and, and finally gave their final results. So we'll see what happens. The information that you gave to them, that you detailed the, the receipts, all of that was related to the night of September 9th. Is, is that correct to try to establish where you were? December 9th, yep. December 9th, 2019, yep. And, and Christian, what evidence did, did they request that maybe you weren't able to satisfy in their eyes to why they went ahead and, and gave you the suspension? You mentioned the video and then maybe you didn't have a video like they had requested. Was there something they needed concrete-wise that you weren't able to provide, which is why they went through with the, calling it a missed test? Uh, I'm honestly not sure, man. So what happened was like, uh, so I went to what I can remember. Cause remember like I'm going through this day, like I'm just going through my regular nightly routines. It's a regular day. And so I'm not thinking that anybody's looking for me to take a test or anything like that, whatever. And so I went to, I went to Macy's, I bought a suit cause the Bowerman was coming up and I was leaving that day to go do a photo shoot in LA and then going to the Bowerman and then going back home for Christmas. So like, that was the only day I can go and run some errands, do what I had to do, whatever. So I went to Macy's, bought a suit, got my phone fixed at the Apple store, went to Chipotle, came back to the crib. And, um, I, you know, I woke up the next morning like a normal day and I get that email. So I was just kind of confused. And when they, we were sending emails back and forth, they asked me for the receipt from Chipotle because that was the last stop before I came home at eight. They asked me for my receipt from Apple. They asked me for, you know, what I paid, what the card that I paid for it with at Macy's. Um, I don't know what more information I could have provided. They even went to the extent of they they contacted some higher up in the organization in Chipotle uh, to get like the official record of when I actually purchased something. And so I'm thinking that like I've provided as much information as I have from that night. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like my phone doesn't track my every move or like, it doesn't like record my GPS. It records like frequent locations. I think we even went to that extent of trying to look for there. Um, but I don't know, we, we, we gave them all the information that we possibly could. And I was thinking that, you know, that's their line of thinking that I'm giving them as much information to prove that I was there in the city. I was around my house and I wasn't trying to do anything to avoid a test or anything. So. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, your the testing the the hour that they were supposed to be able to test that that was at that seven fifteen to eight fifteen window, correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's that's your window as it's defined. Um, were you outside of the house shopping during that window, and and if so, were you home? Like, were you back at home during that window? Yeah, so I was already out shopping before my window started. Um, and typically, as long as you make it back home inside of your window, the tester will be there, take the test, whatever. Um, and I did. And I felt like, well, not what I felt like. What's usually the rule is that, like, even if, let's say you miss the tester, let's say you come in the back door, they're at the front door or anything, 
like they'll call you the last five minutes to make sure and that's not only to like protect you and give you an opportunity to take the test but it's also you know so that it's on record that they stayed there for the full hour yeah. and so if you didn't call the last five minutes what like was usually in the rules and what i've talked to every dco since that's come and test me and they've said that that's what they usually do um, I've talked to other athletes and they said that like it's never been a situation where they haven't been called and given an opportunity to take a drug test. And so that's the rules under, from, from my understanding, um, not only to give us an opportunity to get back in time if you're not at home to take the test, but to also so that the DCO um, is protected and, 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 and people can believe that what he's saying is like, you know, I stayed for the full hour and I even placed the phone call the last five minutes. He wasn't there, you know? And so that wasn't done. So there's no proof that he was even there. There's no proof that he was even at my apartment. So yeah, I came back within my hour. And um, what I told them was that I know that I was there within my hour because I had watched the beginning of the Monday night football game. I ate my Chipotle. Um, but I'll, I, of course, that's he say, she say. So, I mean, I, it's not really much I can do. There's no really proof of that. Okay. So, so just, to, just to clarify, in the beginning, you weren't there, but you were back within the hour. And you're saying that's something that's happened to you before. Um, that's to you not, not out of the ordinary that you get back within the hour and you're still able to test. Has that been your experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I entered the testing pool in 2015, there's been times where... When I was in college, of course, you know, when you're in college, you have more moving parts, class, and different things going on. Um, it's been times where they've like called me. I've been in class, my phone will do not disturb me. They'll call my coach, you know, because we had to put down a secondary contact. And so my coach is like calling me while I'm in class. And obviously, if my coach calling me, I'm going to pick up. Um, and I've, you know, left and going to take a test, whatever. So, yeah, that's typically been like the situation for me, like, and what. I deem to have been the rules in the process that like as long as you make it back within like your one hour window, um, you're good to go. So I'm not sure why this time was different. You also mentioned on the post that the address that was listed on the form was not your correct address. Yeah, um, obviously I don't want to give people my address. I would tell you what he put down and what my real address is, but I don't want you know give my address. But um, yeah, he like messed up the two or three words in my address, and maybe he was at the right place, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I just think that that kind of just proves the lack of kiss part. And like, this is my career, man. Like, and you know, you wrote down the wrong address, so who knows if you're even telling the truth about how long you stayed. Um, and per and it said on there he also wrote down it said per client's instructions do not call him i'm assuming that the client is the iaaf or the aiu um because i'm not the client I, I wouldn't tell him not to call me and so usually the, the aiu they'll hire third party testing organizations to come and test for them like usada has their own dco their own agents AIU doesn't, especially in the United States. So they'll hire different companies. And so like that company, the AIU is their client. And I'm assuming that they told him not to call. So yeah, he wrote all those things down. Yeah, the, the AIU, I think in, in their rule list, it says, you know, they, they sometimes instruct not to call because it gives 
can give the athlete advance notice to where tampering can be perhaps performed. But you're saying any other time you've had a phone call, so you weren't prepared for not having a phone call. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, literally every other time, literally. Um, obviously, there's been times where I've just been at home and, like, they'll knock on the door and, obviously, I'll be downstairs, hear the door, open the door, and they didn't call. But any time where it's been, like, you know, they're not sure if I heard the door or they're not sure or um, a couple minutes have gone by or anything, um, or if I'm at, at home or if I'm outside the window or, or, or anything, like, I've I've had a phone call. I've received a phone call. So um, that's been that's been my experience. That's been the experience of every other athlete that I've spoken to. Literally everybody else in the sport that is in the in the um, testing pool that I've spoken to said that that's just something that they feel like is egregious and purposeful if they told them not to call. Um, so not only is it only my experience, but it's I feel like everybody else's too. But obviously, I can't speak for everybody, or I don't want to give out specific names or anything like that. But the people I've spoken to, they say that that's been their experience as well. What have you been told uh, about the length of your suspension as of now? Do you know, is it two years as a standard, or, or what exactly do you have specifically there? I have no idea. Um, obviously, I think in the rule book, it says two years. I think that would just be very egregious. I think that would be very... Um, I don't know. That, I feel like that'll be overkill. Um, in situations in the past, I um I've seen people be suspended for only a year. Um, if that's the case, hopefully it can be a situation where it's December to December, or maybe May to May, or from this day to you know next year, and I'll still be good for the Olympics. That's what's the most important, man. At the end of the day, I just want to be able to run. Like this is my job. This is my career. This this is my livelihood. This is how I make money. And so it's just like. And, you know, this, I mean, this brings me joy. Like, this is what I love to do. So, obviously, I don't want to be suspended. I don't want to have to sit out. And it's something that I worked so hard for, for me to have this opportunity to um, legitimately have a shot, you know, at making the Olympic team and, and come home with a medal. And so, that's what's most important. So, even if we had to work out some sort of deal or, or anything, I don't know, man, like, for me to just be suspended a year and still be available for the Olympics, I'm not sure, but... Uh, I think in the rule book it says two years. I've never seen that that done or happen or or anybody face that. So we'll see. Everything's just kind of like up in the air and so many moving parts. And I I don't know. I think that's the most crazy part to me is that like it's not a set of rules or a set timeline or or, or anything like that. Like other organizations, it's just kind of like I don't even know who's making the rules or who's making the final say or anything. I have no idea. When did you accept the, the the provisional suspension? Was that when we found out about it? So so this morning, or does that go back a month, two months? I'm just trying to to if if you are suspended, how long you would be out and how much time you would have to miss. So, like I was saying before, how they were like messing around, like running for like a month, not responding for two months, and so finally, um, my lawyer was like. We, we don't want to keep prolonging this and prolonging it. And then we're getting close to like, let's say I had to be suspended a year. We're getting close to the Olympic trials. And so like a month ago, he told him that we'll accept the provisional suspension and still um, hold our right to, you know, still um, appeal this and 
still go through the problems. But you guys are taking a long time or, you know, messing around. And we don't want to get closer and closer to when the Olympic trials will be next year. Um, so we accepted a provisional suspension a month ago. Um, okay. And so I'm assuming if it's a year, it'll be from then. Um, if not, I'm not sure, man. I, I have no idea at this point. I have no mm -hmm. idea. Um, in your, in your response last night, you made, you made a comment about how your parents were saying to buy a ring doorbell system for, for Christmas. Did you, yeah. after, after, after what happened to you in the, the, you know, in the lead up to the world championships, what steps did you take, if any, to, to make sure this, this didn't happen again when you were sitting on, on two violations? Uh, so, I mean, at that point, it was, it just comes down to me just being more diligent and focused on updating the app every day. Cause that was the issue. That was, that was the problem. Like even in April, um, I was at the Drake relays, but I didn't update the app that I was there. And so I'm thinking that this, I mean, I, I, like the, I'm available for testing. I would love to be tested. Like I'm at drug relays. I know where the testing tent is. I can go over there, take a test, whatever. But obviously that's, um, that's on me, you know, I didn't update it. And so what I've been doing is just, I set an alarm on my phone every day, um, at 8 PM to just remind me to update it. If I'm going to be staying somewhere else or, um, if I'm not at home, remind me to get home within my window. Um, and so, yeah, that's mainly what I've done. Just been more diligent, set an alarm on my phone to remember to, um, update it every day. And, um, obviously I didn't have the ring doorbell at the time. If I did, obviously that would have alleviated this. Um, and so I just feel like with the technology that we have nowadays, I don't see what's the purpose of saying that you can't call because people have ring doorbells nowadays. And so it's just like, even if you claim, oh, you don't want to call because you don't want to give people a heads up notice. Well, if I have a ring doorbell, it's going to call me anyway. You know, like it's going to let, it's going to come give me a notification on my phone. Um, so that's something that I've, I've, I've gotten as well. So I guess those two things. Did you see it as you were taking a risk when you went that night and you went out shopping, did, did you view that as something that, that could come back to bite you when it happened on December 9th? Nah, I mean, I wasn't thinking about it. Like I was, that's why I was just completely just caught off guard December 10th. Um, I think maybe the media and the fans, they have a misconception that like, we don't have a life or we don't have like, other things going on, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like other, other stuff. Like, I mean, I just, I don't know. Cause that's not something that I'm thinking about. Like, like, oh, let me, like, I, I would, I would understand if like, let's say if you were a cheater or let's say that you were purposely trying to like avoid a test, then yeah, that would be something that's on your conscience every single day. But for me, I'm not necessarily thinking about that all the time to like, the testers could be coming at this very moment or something like that. So I, no, I was just going through my regular day, man. I was just, you know, um, going and running my errands, doing what I had to do. Um, it did occur to me that like my one hour window was 7.15 to 8.15. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, let me get back within my hour. I did, I mean, I didn't run into a, a DCO or a tester. So obviously I move on with my night. I didn't think twice about it or I didn't think anything or, 
even when I was running my errands, I didn't think that I was putting my career at jeopardy um, because I received a phone call literally every other time I've been tested if I haven't been at home. And so, no, nah, I didn't look at it as me risking anything or honestly, I didn't really think about it or think twice about it, um, to be honest with you. So to be clear, you weren't aware of the, I guess, the rule that states that they don't have to call you before this. Like you did, you thought that they had to, if they didn't get an answer at the door, they're going to call. Um, that was, that, that I was on, I was under that impression. Yes. Um, okay. and I didn't, I didn't know the rule, but I think, um, something that something else that's kind of crazy is that, you know, when I was telling you before that, like they hire third party like testing organizations like somebody else is the testing organization and the AIU hires them um to go in and, and do the testing for them and certain organizations have different rules and I think that's the crazy part it's just like some organizations like they'll call immediately when they show up that's just a part like I've had that happen like some organizations feel like we'll call the last 15 minutes some organizations say only the last five minutes Regardless, I feel like every person that I've dealt with um, in some form or fashion in their protocol is to place a phone call um, to to give the athlete notice and give them an opportunity um, to take the test. And so I had no idea that that was that was the rule. Um, and I've, I've I don't know, I've just dealt with so many like DCOs, so many testers like over the years. And that's just been that's just been my impression that they'll place a phone call. And then like this happens and that, you know, I think back to last summer with, with your first instance with a whereabout violation, it seems like on Twitter and social media, you'll see your peers in the sport and track and field, you know, some will come out and obviously support you, but others will be like, I don't understand how you could be, you know, careless. And, and I, I don't understand how you could miss three tests or get three whereabouts violations. It's, it's not hard to follow follow the rules is what some people will say on Twitter and whatnot. What do you say to, to those people that say, you know, you have to either be hiding something or careless to incur a, a whereabouts violation that garners a suspension? What I would say is obviously I'm playing by different rules. I mean, for them to eat, for them to blatantly put on the sheet that per the client's instructions, I was told not to call. I think that that's pretty, I've never seen that. Nobody I've spoken to has ever seen that. Clearly I'm playing by different rules. I think that everybody else that I've spoken to in this in the sport that is, um, is serious and, you know, is ranked in the top five or ranked high in their events. Um, it's been situations, sure. it's, been, it's been situations where they've, um, like, let's say it's the test and then now the AIU is like coming after them harder and like sending testing, you know, every like couple days. Um, I don't know. And then nobody else is in my position. Nobody else is the hundred meter world champion. Nobody else is, is the, uh, you know, favorite going into the Olympics next year. So obviously they won't be tested as many times as me. Obviously they won't receive these type of gains from the AIU. Nobody else is in my position. So I think that that's crazy or ridiculous for somebody to come out and try to put themselves in my shoes when you're not in my shoes. Like you're not, you're not me. Like obviously I'm, I'm playing by different rules. In fact, they like, they came and tested me three times 
in seven days last week. They came on Monday, then they came on Friday, then they came on Sunday. And I feel like if that's not if that's not a blatant attempt to try to get me to miss another one to try to further their case, um, to say that like, oh look, like he's trying to cheat, like he even missed four tests, you know what I'm saying? Like, then I don't know what is. I don't think any of those people who said who were saying those things have gotten tested three times in a week, let alone three times probably in a year. So of course it's easy for them to feel like the system is easy, like they believe in the system and you know, obviously it's just my fault. It's like, why would I cause this on purpose? Like, this is my career, this is my livelihood. Like, this is what I love to do. Why would I cause this on purpose? Um, and so I'm not gonna say anything negative about those people, I mean, that's their opinion. I just have a different one. But I think that a lot of people do have my back. A lot of people do feel the same way that I do. Um, and it's like, what, what, what can you do? Do you remember how many times you were tested at the end of last year, say post Doha all the way to, to December? Well, even to December 31st after, after the, the issue on December 9th. Do you remember how often you were tested? Uh, you saying from like at the beginning of this year to now, how many times? No, I'm asking in 2019, basically in the window from after the world championships to the beginning mm -hmm. of, of 2020, when a third miss would have triggered the suspension. D do you remember mm -hmm. how many times, how many times did they come and, and test you? Uh, I'm not sure on a number amount, but it was pretty often. I mean what was that like from October to December, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. two months? Uh, it was probably like, it was probably like four or five times. I mean, they typically come like every week or every two weeks. Um, so I'm not sure on a number amount. And sometimes it's the AIU or IAAF and sometimes it's USADA. I only mm -hmm. have the USADA app. And so on the USADA app, I can go back and look at the number of times. I don't have a, an app or or login for the IAAF to go in and look at those tests. Um, um, so I have every time the USADA comes to test me. I'm not sure how many times is you know the other guys. I can't go back and look at it. Um, but they typically come like every, every every other week, and so I would say probably four or five times. And and how often are those tests coming in the specified window? Because we know that they can come anytime to test you. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably every other time. Like sometimes they'll come during practice, or they'll just come like, um, just random. Really, they'll just come at a random time. And if I just so happen to be home, you know, I'll answer the door. Or if not, they'll call me. And if my whereabouts say that I'm in the city, then obviously Lexington is not that big. So I'll just come back to the crib take the test and go on about my day. So I would probably say it's probably every other time. One of the things you hinted at was, you know, that seemingly that you're higher profile, I mean, you're arguably the highest profile name in track and field and, you know, you're being tested and, and looked at with a higher level of scrutiny. But don't you, do you agree that that's appropriate for someone of your caliber? I mean, it kind of makes sense that you would be tested at a higher frequency and more would be expected of you simply for the fact that you're the best in the highest profile event in track and field. Do you see that and agree with that? And 
kind of mm-hmm. understand the responsibility of that? Absolutely. I, I definitely do. I think that, you know, once you keep elevating and whatever you do is more responsibility, um, is more um, that's expected of you. And so, I mean, that's what I, that's why I said, I mean, like, I feel like you guys expect it to be simple and so do I like, just call me. I'll take a test every day. I don't care. Like to prove my, I, I, and I'm not doing nothing like wrong. Like I'll take a test literally every single day, the rest of my career. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I mean, like I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't take any supplements. I don't take any drugs. I don't take anything. So if y'all want me to pee in the cup every day, I'll do that. Um, but I feel like that's not what they're looking to do. I feel like they were just looking to try to purposely try to get me to miss the test, um, to cause this. And I feel like it, to try to like justify that, like they're doing their job because like, obviously the IAAF pays them. And so it kind of like, if they're stirring up trouble with one of the biggest names in the sport, it's like, look, like we're doing our job, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, that's what I feel like they were trying to get at and, I feel like that's, um, I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's just so crazy, man. It's just, those are just my thoughts, but, um, I agree with you. I mean, somebody who is a world champion, obviously is going to get tested, you know, more frequently, especially in the hundred meter knowing, you know, the history of some other guys. And so, um, um, yeah, obviously it's more responsibility. I know you mentioned in your post, and we've touched on this a bit here, but the kind of that you thought this was a, a deliberate attempt, a kind of got you moment to try to get you to possibly miss a test. Why specifically do you feel that way? Other than the fact, is it just the fact that you didn't seem receive a phone call? Is it the fact that they, the, the address information is incorrect? And it, it seems like they didn't maybe go through the full level of things that they could do to contact you. I mean, what mm-hmm. what specifically are you thinking that shows you that this may be a purposeful, a deliberate attempt to have a missed test on your record? Um, for me, I think mainly just the simple fact that, like, I thought the point of the organization was to try to catch cheaters and to um, test the athletes, like, go through what you have to to be able to test them. So... If I was looking for one of you guys and I showed up at your crib and you didn't answer the door and I have something important to do with you, I'm probably going to call you. Like, you know, that was just, you know, that's just probably what I would do. Um, But for them to say that the client told them, like, to not contact me, um, I just feel like that goes against the purpose of the organization, in my opinion. and so that's just that's just how I look at it. If y'all wanted to test me, you could have. Because if you had called me, literally the mall is five minutes from my crib. If I was at the mall when when you came, like um, I was back within the hour. So it's just like I don't even know if he was at the right place. I don't know. It's just a lot of like things that are just like it's 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 a lot of things that are that are uncertain, and it just it just seems like very fishy. Um, but for them to say that, like, do not contact him, for me, that just seems very purposeful. How how hard are you willing to fight this? Because ultimately it comes down to a, a pragmatic decision. And as you mentioned, <clears throat> if it is just a one-year suspension, you'd be back in time for the Olympic trials. The season this year obviously has been dramatically altered because of the pandemic. So what mm. how how far do you intend to push this versus 
figuring out a way, the fastest way possible um, to get back on the track and how much are you weighing your own reputation within all that? Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's kind of a sliding scale, to be honest with you. Like, obviously, I want to fight it, and, and I don't want to have any sort of suspension on my record, on my name, on my reputation. But at the same time, the most important thing is to, for me to be able to compete. At the end of the day, I feel like 10 years from now, like, yeah, a few people might be talking about this, but, like, what's most important to me is for me to have that opportunity to go out there and... and try to accomplish something that I worked my literally my whole life for. Um, and so whatever I have to do to be able to compete at the Olympics, that's what I want to do. Whatever I have to do to have that opportunity, um, that's what I'm down for. So um, obviously I want to fight it and try to clear my name. Some people feel the way that they feel um, regardless of what I say or do. So I can't even like go too hard about that. Um, some people like mine is just already set on, you know, their way of thinking. So I don't want to even like get deep into it or, or like fight with those people because obviously they just feel the way that they do. And so what's most important to me is at the end of the day, if I'm able to compete at the Olympics. And um, so that's 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 really the main focus. It, it, so it sounds like you'd be willing to to sit to, to take a year, but obviously then two years, practically speaking, would be something that would be off the off the table because of the the fact that it would be would mean there would be no olympics for you and olympics don't come along very often uh i'm not i'm not sure like i, I don't even know what the next steps are or what mm -hmm. you know what the next protocol is or or anything or like how do we go about the appeal um, I'm kind of just listening to my, my agent and the lawyer and he's dealt with certain cases before. Um, and so we'll go through the proper channels, try to appeal it and, and try to come out victorious. Um, obviously worst case scenario, it will be a two year suspension and that would just be heartbreaking, man. I mean, I don't know, but hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Um, cause like I said, I mean, I feel like I, like you said, I mean, the, the Olympics doesn't come around that often. I feel like I have a good opportunity to go there and compete and, and bring home a medal. Um, and so that's what I'm looking forward to, man. And hopefully I get that chance. One other thing I wanted to- racing this okay. year? I was just wondering, were you planning on racing this year? I was, I was planning on it if it was going to be safe. Like if, if the, mm -hmm. um, higher ups and, and different governments said that, you know, it would be safe to travel overseas and and be around a, a group of people um, and be in that type of environment, then possibly. Um, but if it was unsure and they said that there was any sort of risk, then probably not. You know, I was probably just planning on doing like maybe a few like time trials um, just with my coach and then just wrapping it up and, um, getting ready for next year, you know, starting that fall training um, and then just, you know, getting back into it for next year. So um, I guess it was like 50-50. So if I don't compete, I won't necessarily be losing anything um, just because it was unsure if I was going to anyways. Um, so that was, we. I don't know. I think everything was just kind of like depending on how the next couple months goes with the coronavirus. 
And I'm just wondering, like, what, what's been the hardest part about this for you? Is it the threat of not competing? Is it the damage to your reputation? Is it just knowing this is there the whole time and it's kind of like reliving a nightmare dating back to last summer? Like, wh what is the hardest part for you of this entire situation? I think I think all of the above, man. I think um, sometimes people get online and, like, talk about me and, and like, it's like dehumanizing like i'm like this figure and it's like this is not my life like this is not my career like i'm not the same guy who they you know saw me like work and progress like i feel like you guys like watch me progress and progress and get better and better and then reach a certain level in my career it's just like i'm that same person but certain people like get online and they just see me on tv and then they just like just talk about me like I'm not even like some person like oh he's got to be some cheater and stuff like that and it's like I can take it but the, for certain people to say those things and for my mom to see that my dad and it's like we're not they not celebrities they not used to like you know people you know looking at them and and, and stuff like that so my grandmother sees this and that's the most disheartening part because they know me they know my heart they with me every day and they know what the what the truth is what the situation is and so it hurts them and whenever they hurt it hurts me and so i feel like knowing that um the fact that like this is my career and like i feel like these people are playing games um possibility i can be suspended and um just the just the mere fact of having this dark cloud over me this whole time like it's, it's depressing man like knowing that like i'm going back and forth with these people i know the truth i know i'm one of the if not the cleanest athlete in the sport, I don't take any, I don't take any performance enhancing. I don't take any supplements, legal or illegal. So I'm like, I know for a fact, I'm the cleanest athlete in the sport. But yet, like these people are like investigating me and and, and we're going back and forth. And um, it's, I don't know, man, just all of the above. I, I just think that it's, it's just like, I just wish that I didn't have to deal with this. I just wish I didn't have to deal with this. Cause I want this, like everything that people are saying, like, I want that. I want the sport to be as popular as possible. I feel like it's, it should be one of the biggest sports in the world. I feel like I want it to be as clean as possible. I want cheaters to be out of the sport. I want people who are not cheaters to be able to compete and know that it's a level playing field. Um, I want more money to be in the sport so that, you know, more people have an opportunity to make a lot of money. Like I want the sport to be as, as, as big and um, the best that it can be. Um, and I'm not an enemy of the sport. I'm not an enemy of the AIU or the organ or the USADA or any organization. Um, so the whole thing is just disheartening that I even have to like deal with it, man. I just, I was talking about it with my parents. It's just, it's just one of those situations where you, it's just so messed up. All you can do is really just laugh. Cause it's like, what, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and so the whole thing is just disheartening and, um, I don't know. I, I I can't specifically say like one thing that 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 mainly concerns me. Yeah. Well, Christian, uh, we do thank you for providing your time. I know this has been a really stressful situation for you, so thanks for for giving us uh, some comment here today, and uh, we wish you the best going forward. Absolutely. I thank you guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. All right, so that All was right. Christian Coleman.
talking about sorry there kevin that was christian coleman talking about his suspension uh it is interesting kevin the the a lot of it seems to hinge on this phone call thing and aiu now is saying you know we're under no obligation to call and he's saying well i've been called every other time before is do you think it's a case where coleman just needs to know the rules a little bit better or it's tough it's it's definitely in that gray area well we see this with you know every level of track and field right and and the 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 minute details within the rules make a big difference but also if he's been tested a bunch of times and the tests have been conducted in the same way every single time i.e what if you know what he's saying uh about the phone calls uh then you'd expect that to continue, right? Like you yeah. would, if you're a, per, right, if, if, if you are going about your day and you have a responsibility to your job and every single time that job responsibility is executed uh, in one specific way, you'd expect it to continue that exact mm-hmm. same way. You, you would not expect all of a sudden it to be, it to be different. So I do, I do see that. I do see that as as an issue now as you mentioned the higher responsibility with someone like him not just in terms of the volume of the tests because we know targeting testing targeted testing uh excuse me exists right that's a that's a Mm -hmm. thing um but he's the fastest man in the world that is a a prestigious title that he wears so with that does come this extra responsibility to make sure you have uh all your eyes dotted and your t's crossed i think like big picture holistically what needs to be looked at and not just in this case but 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 you know in in this entire system is um like what's what's feasible what's acceptable and what's what's reasonable to ask of of athletes and you know when we get more information on this case although he he was forthcoming with with us about what was provided uh, and what wasn't provided, maybe we'll get a little bit more insight there, but it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a tough spot for the, for the sport to be in it at this point with the fastest man in the world in this position. My, my thing, and I, and I regret not asking, why not just be home during the window, a hundred percent. I understand that, you know, they can catch you at 801 or, you know, 716 to, or 715 all the way to 815. So maybe you're thinking, well, I mean, it only takes three minutes to test. Why not be there at, I don't need to be there at 715. I can get, but why not just, maybe he answered this and I didn't see it. Why why not just be there that whole hour? Don't, you know, don't go to the mall in, in, in that situation. And perhaps it's, well, I've never had an issue with this before. And so I did ask him, I said, well, we, yeah. he did, I asked, Hey, did you think you were taking a risk? He said, no, I didn't yeah. see it as a risk. I'll go out, I'll get this stuff done. I'll be back in time. I think what yeah. this ultimately hinges on is not, it doesn't hinge on the call because they're saying we have no obligation to call you. And that's, that's written down in the rules. I think what it hinges on was, was he actually back within the hour? Yeah. yeah. And perhaps that's why they were asking for information I don't know if video video footage, you know, of, of security camera tape of of him being in his house. Um, I will say this though, from a competitive standpoint, 
right? Putting aside the the bigger questions about this this case, and obviously uh, aside from how people will perceive him, if this ends up just being, if you know, we've seen one year suspensions for this before. He says he accepted the suspension about a month ago. If it goes from one year to May to May, and he's back in time for the Olympics, the 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 competitive the competitive side of this is not altered very much no. because if you're going to no. miss a season, he can't this run is, world, this he can't is, defend his indoor title. He wouldn't be able to defend his world indoor okay, title. Okay, good point. Yes, yeah. yes, and and he won't be able to make make money, which is 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 yeah. not a small thing. And I'm not I'm not taking that away from him. And and again, yeah. I'm not dis- disputing what this has to do with your your reputation. But if you're looking at it from the perspective of these big outdoor world championships, Olympics, where people make their name and their legacies yeah. are crafted, if he's back in time for that, like th- you and I were both in Doha. How many, this was talked about a whole bunch in the lead up mm-hmm. to Doha and in the mix zone in Doha. Until, until Salazar's thing, but yeah. <laughs> Well, true, true. And yeah. yes, he wins the gold medal in the 100, right? And he appears again later in the 400. So, four or sorry, not four four, four, the 4 by 100. Yeah, yeah. That would have been yeah. that would have been a story if he appeared in the yeah. 400. Uh, he comes back later in the 4 by 100, and it's almost not a story anymore. And then it's mm-hmm. certainly not a story a month later or two months later. Uh, indoors, he comes out, runs really fast time. That's not the story. So I just I wonder if it's the the a one year suspension, if we're going to be talking after the Olympics next, and he goes and he wins a gold medal, if he's actually if he's able to put that behind him in mm-hmm. that regard. It's it's interesting because it seems like you know last time he was critical and maybe again and you know you have your right to be critical of who you perceive as being unfair to you last time he was much more skeptical in its early days of this but of the media and the media's perception this time he's obviously targeting specifically the the testing because last time the media well and 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 to his to his to his in his defense that was leaked before it was adjudicated and it turns out there was an error now you can say it was yeah, a yeah. technicality True. and it was off by one day. And and that's the other tough spot here. If the, if you're going to take this the sympathetic angle toward Coleman is that other stuff he was cleared for. Theoretically, we, we should not you know, prejudge that, right? This is just yeah. three violations because the other one was a backdated filing failure that did not lead to a suspension. He sat out meets. And he should not have, per the rules, per the per the rules. And I get it if you're saying, well, we know, da da da, it's a technicality. But hey, if you're expecting him to be a stickler for the rules, you have to expect that yeah. of the bodies that are enforcing the rules too. It's 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 fair on b- both sides, right? So, oh, this is his second time being suspended. Well, that's not that's not an accurate characterization no. because yeah. because three of the, because the other two were were previous so he's he's getting hit with this on both sides which is which is tough when you're because then it's a second round of stories if this was just the first story and he comes out with this evidence and say hey you know this is when it happened you know and and even if he says what he says or even if he just says hey i i screwed up i'll sit out a year 
I think the impact is lessened. But mm-hmm. because of this, this is the second go round of this story, and again, that's a, a lot of that was on on how that that news was 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 reported. You know, it's it's going to hit even harder this time around. Yeah, I, and a little away from what you were saying, but I I am curious about the the wrong address thing. And of course, like you said, I'm not going to provide my address and say what was specifically wrong. Was it a yeah, unit yeah. number wrong? Was it the wrong building? Was I mean, we I assume it was the right complex. I think that's been addressed. But yeah, that that's a curious thing to me. And and it did did the AIU? I assume they investigated it enough to to say no, mm-hmm. we had the right address, or you know, you should have been there, or what the situation was. Because right now there's this lack of transparency. And I talked about in the Nasser case, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't know why the AIU, they don't even really release a press release in regards to this. And I know they came out with a statement in Nasser's uh, case specifically, but it, this is not clear at this moment that that it, that they banged on the right address and, and, and then they didn't call to boot. And I know they say they're no under, under no obligation to call, which is fine. But, you know, was the, the questions remaining are, was he back when he says he was back and were they at the right address because if they're mm-hmm, truly mm-hmm. banging every 10 on the door every 10 minutes for an hour on his apartment he should have heard it at some point right it's not a light yeah. knock it's not a doorbell i know he got that ring installed but it sounds like they were pounding on it like they were the feds uh this shouldn't have been an issue and that's why i'm 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 confused unless we're to you know unless you take the really cynical approach and say well he was trying to evade testing i know he's saying otherwise but i guess if you wanted to you could believe it that way I don't understand how that's, you know, and he's mentioning like, oh, we hear an email every two months. It does seem that there's a certain lack of transparency that kind of lends credibility to the idea that it is kind of almost like a gotcha situation. Now we're hearing Coleman's side. I understand that. But I want to hear the athletics integrity unit side. And and I know that they're, you know, they're a testing body and that they're under no obligation, I suppose. But it would be nice to be like, no, we determined through whatever and whatever that we were at the cor- correct address. The officer wrote yeah. down the incorrect address. I, I'm just so I'm so confused. And of course, we're taking Coleman's words that it's the wrong address. Um, but I assume that that I mean that would be a weird thing to to bring up if it wasn't accurate. It, it's just a lot of questions, and it feels like he doesn't have any more answers than we do. And it's like, shouldn't they tell him like? No, we had the right address. Here's the here's the picture that our unit or our DCO took of your door with your unit number yeah, yeah. on it. And it's like we don't have that. And he didn't even know it in any of that. And maybe that's on Coleman. Maybe they wrote it in the fine print. There's just still so many questions here. And this is a pretty big deal for there to be that, you know, very specific and important question still left hanging. Yeah. I mean, they go back and they they investigate the stuff and they were interested enough to know. I mean, according to Coleman, the his Chipotle the receipts, of- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and calling the head of Chipotle to try to figure out yeah. when he was there. But one question I would have for for them is, what is why does it matter? And this is to the to the testing body. If he wasn't there, why does it matter where he was? If you're mm-hmm. not going to exonerate him for being at Chipotle and nearby, is yeah. it just to just to figure out what's get all your facts if, straight? If, yeah, I don't. Yeah, if, if if what he said was true, okay. I was at Chipotle five minutes away. Well, prove it. Okay. Well, there you are. I, you were at, we have evidence now that you're at this Chipotle five minutes away, but you should have been in your house, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. I, I, I don't. I don't know why 
if, if they're being very strict with this of we're not going to call you, you need to be in your exact location during that hour. We're going to knock once every 10 minutes and then we're going to move on. Why does it yeah. matter if he was uh, somewhere yeah. somewhere else and if that's a legitimate ex- – I mean it seems like the only thing here that would provide clarity was if there is video evidence of him being in his residence during that hour. Right, uh, you would, you would, yeah, you would have thought. I mean, this is neither here nor there, but you would have thought a residence would have some cameras, but maybe they don't, and that's that's fine. That's not his fault or the AIU's fault. But I guess the one thing on the uh, the opposite side, looking in on Coleman, is you know, okay, you're out and you're close to home, and that's fine. You know, I all the time I'll go out for a walk, and knowing I need to be back by eight p.m. for something, and I'm just like, well, I'm just five mm-hmm. minutes away. It's not gonna be a problem. Stranger things have happened, though. It's still a risk. I know you. he said it wasn't, but it's still a risk. I mean, you could get in a car accident, and then you're not back during your thing. You know, something could happen at the mall. Yeah. It, it is a risk, and I'm wondering if that's kind of what AIU is looking at and saying, you got to be home during your window. And and and, mm-hmm. and so I may, maybe we don't think that's – maybe I don't think that's fair um, because he was right there, and they've called him all the time before and doesn't even know if he has the right address, but still – if it was me, and let, let me just say this. Obviously, I've never been in this position, so I don't have anywhere near the knowledge or anything. But I would think if I was up at this level, I would say, nope, I cannot hang out with my girlfriend. I cannot hang out with my family. I am home from 7.15 to 8.15, and then the rest of my life continues after that. That's the only thing I would say to him, but he he didn't view it that way. And uh, it uh, it sure does look like some bad luck on on his part if that's the the way it was. If, if you know, he, he was back in that time and and – that that has somehow the DCO and, and and Coleman just missed missed paths. Yeah, I this is the fir- this is a, I mean it's like a, it's it's a it's a puzzle. You can look at it however you want to look at it, right? You mm-hmm. can look at it from, and this is probably frustrating on both sides. You can look at it as, as the most sinister explanation, or you can look at it as as an innocuous situation, right? You can look at it as. Mm-hmm. He he's out. He was already out Christmas shopping, and lost track of time, or or just or he got back within the hour, as he's saying he did. So he was compliant in that regard. Or you could look at it as the the rule is written. Right, the whole idea is someone could evade testing. So if they're not there during their window, they're not able to test. You you could look at it the same set of facts, uh, and the same set of information that we know, and go to both conclusions. And I don't know what I've learned from covering track and field for about 10 years now is just to wait <laughs> to wait till we mm-hmm. get more information yeah. to see the yeah. outcome uh again i appreciate him coming on and answering all the questions that we that we push towards him uh put towards him i'm sure he's gonna answer other questions later that will provide more clarity but i'm willing to wait learn more about the process and then see what's 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 decided Yep. It is. Yeah. I'll leave it there. That's all I got. I'll leave it there. We have, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it more, more tomorrow or the next oh, yeah. day. I'm sure more to come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it for today's episode. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I know you're going to email because I know at least half of you now are mad at Lincoln and the other half are mad at me or maybe a hundred percent on both of us. I'm not sure, but you can email in flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you to Alon for producing. We will see you guys next time.